0: Hello everyone and this is episode 22 of Going Beyond Salvation and I'm your host Jess Robinson and this is season 2 and we're almost going to be wrapping up season 2 and going into season 3 uh, uh, as we wrap up Numbers in the Book of Mark and then we'll continue on and into season 3 and talk about the next set of books in our daily reading and so we're almost wrapping up and we you know go into the book of numbers and some time has passed and you know we're we're beginning into the 40th year of after the exodus from Egypt and you know the people had wandered in the desert for 39 years And we'll see that, you know, most of the first generation had died because of their unbelief without receiving what was promised. Uh, And so we're dealing mainly with their, their children. And here Miriam, Moses's sister has, has died because she was not immune to the, you know, she was not going to be able to see the promised land either you know the only exceptions he had made at the time was was caleb and and joshua now i think you know god had made exception for moses and aaron because they weren't the ones grumbling and but we're going to see something totally different happen with moses and aaron and we see that this is the younger generation and you think. You know that things would be totally different, and there's not. They come across a situation where there's no water, and even this younger generation has no faith, and you know it just speaks you know to our our lives that you know especially those who have kids, that you know your kids are watching you with your faith, and so if they're seeing you not reading your Bible, if they're seeing you you know, not praying, if they're seeing you living a different life from what is expected, they're going to say, well, you know, mom and dad don't do this. So I don't have to. And then, you know, they, when you're wondering why they're not living the way they're supposed to for the Lord, then you need to really start going, Oh yeah. Um, so we have to be very careful and they, you know, doubt and, and unbelief can go from one generation to the next and so you know we see this happening they're they're quarreling and they're wishing that they had died and you know they're quarreling and quarreling and then you know most and Moses and Aaron you know they go to, to the Lord, you know, they do the right thing, and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and they go to the Lord, and the Lord tells them, you know, and, and take note, it says, you know, take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water, you will bring water out of the rock for the community, so they and their livestock can drink. So he tells them to speak to the rock to bring water. Then Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. So what ended up happening, a lot of people wonder what happened. Why did Moses, because he says, you did not trust in me. Well, for, for starters, the Lord had told Moses and Aaron to speak to the rock, not strike it. So that was showing total disregard for the Lord. And, and then secondly, we see how Moses speaks to the people. He says, listen, you rebels must we, he, he doesn't give glory to the Lord you know, must we bring you water out of this rock? So he wasn't giving glory to the Lord. And it's just showing that, you know, Moses was a spiritual leader of God and, you know, and his responsibility to obey God was greater because of his greater position and influence. And You know, he was speaking rashly as if God's glory and power resided in himself and Aaron. And then he acted rashly by, by striking the rock, then speaking to it as God had instructed. Um, It was showing that he was not trusting in God and rebelled against the command. And at this time, this critical time, he was supposed to show faith and obedience to the Lord and he didn't. And it's, it's a reminder, especially those who are, who are ministering, going into ministry, those who are going into spiritual leadership, that, you know, our responsibility to obey the word of God is greater because, because of the position that the Lord is putting us in. And, you know, Moses ended up disqualifying himself. From leading the people into Canaan, and ministers, if they fall morally, or you know they end up leading the people astray from the Word of God through their own lives, you know they can permanently disqualify themselves from certain areas of leadership by their unfaithfulness to God's commands. And so it's a huge warning. And so that's what ends up happening. Many people really don't understand. Especially brand new believers. Don't understand why. All of a sudden God's just saying. He's not going into the promised land. I always wondered that. When I was first a believer. I always wondered why. And I really never really understood it. Until someone pretty much just said. You have to read it step by step. What happened in that situation. So. That ended up happening, and and so it's called the Waters of Meribah. And I notice they don't put Moses's reaction in, in this book. Now we'll see in in the book of Deuteronomy that he does plead with the Lord to to let him go, and the Lord tells him enough, and so we know that he he regretted what he did. And he was always asking the Lord to give him a second chance and let him go over. So, we notice that. So, continuing on, they go into Edom and, or they're, they're just on the outskirts of, of, of the kingdom of Edom. Now, remember, Edom is from the line of Esau. And the Lord at the time was not going to do anything to Edom. And, and so they send a letter, you know, message asking for them to, to safely pass through. That they're not going to wander to the left or wa- right. They're not going to drink any water. If they do, they're going to pay for it. But Edom uh, wouldn't allow them at all they were very rough with them and we're going to see later on that they lacked you know a spiritual closeness to god that they actually take pleasure when when israel starts falling and judgment comes upon Enam because of that and and so he you know this ends up happening and they turn away and and the story shifts to to the death of Aaron because Aaron, you know, yeah, you know, they he was part of that, you know, disobeying the lord, and so he ends up dying and you know, he ends up dying there on top of the mountain and then, you know, Moses and Eleazar and Eleazar becomes the priest, the high priest they come down from the mountain and then the people you know they take that customary time to mourn for for Aaron and then you know and the story is just shifting faster and faster because it's getting closer to them going into the promised land and we we hear the story of of Aaron you know we just see these you know, Canaanite cities being destroyed, kingdoms being destroyed. And I think the Lord had, you know, these, he used the Israelites and people go, my gosh, why did he have them annihilate all these people? And it was because, you know, when you think about it in the time that what was happening is, you know, the Lord He's very patient and, you know, when it went from Abraham and this nation had to be created. But at the same time, he was waiting for the, the Canaanite nations, you know, their, their measure of sin was really starting to fill up. They weren't turning away. And I think in a way that he was hoping that they would turn away from from their sins and maybe change and that didn't happen and we see you know with arad they they come and attack the israelites and the israelites go okay lord you know if you will deliver these people into our hands we will totally destroy their cities and he lets them, he lets them, and they they destroy arad and then It kind of just shifts, you know, the story is shifting back and forth. They have this time of great faith in the Lord and they obey. And then all of a sudden their faith dwindles during this, this journey, they start complaining again. And so the Lord punishes Israel with venomous snakes and So, you know, Moses has this bronze snake made and this bronze snake is, you know, it anticipated the sacrificial death of Jesus. Jesus was lifted up on the cross in order to bring life to all who looked to him. And that's how that bronze snake was, was when people looked at it, they were, they were healed from the venom. They weren't sick anymore. And it says, you know, in John chapter three, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So those who desire to be delivered from their sin and receive salvation, you know, we have to turn our hearts and believing obedience to the word of God in Christ. So, you know, when we look at that, it's, it's, it's pointing to Christ and that it's not just, you know, praying the prayer of salvation and going on with your life. It's about believing and, and getting into the word and believing in the word. And so that's something we take from that. And then they, there's, you know, Moab, you know, with Sion and all with Moab and, um, They continue on into Moab, and then, uh, then we come into the story of Sion and, and Og, and they end up totally annihilating, you know, Sion and Og, and you know they end up start starting to, and I think in a way it was starting to increase their faith because they're realizing that the Lord is with them. And, you know, it's, it's kind of huge because they're starting to take down these giants, these giants that they said, there's no way to defeat. Now, this is before they get into their promised land. These are Canaanites that were on the other side of, of the Jordan, but it was on their way there. And, you know, there's going to be that journey you know, that we take. And I think the Lord, he does things to help prepare us for, for the journey, you know, that we're taking. I just like, what I'm getting a feeling as I'm reading this is as preparing ourselves. And I know, you know, before, you know, we left Laramie, I just remember the Lord was really speaking to my heart one night to my husband. And I said, he's in a, he's putting you in a time of preparation, He's preparing you for something, and my husband was just like, I could tell he really wasn't believing at first what I had to say, but as we kept going on, it was like his eyes started opening up, because when he was getting frustrated, it was kind of like the Israelites, you know, he would have this time of great faith, and then something would not go his way, and he'd just go down, and in total negativity, and I told him I said you can't be like the Israelites and just totally you know living in faith one moment and then turning around and just being discouraged and grumbling all the time and so it was kind of an eye-opener for him you know and it was hard for me because it is it's very very easy to get into that pattern when things don't go your way and you're wondering you know what is you know, this journey going to entail, you know, sometimes the Lord puts us in a time of preparation because we have to be, he wants us to, you know, be prepared as a person for, for where he's going to place us in, in this journey. So that's what I got mainly from numbers today, you know, and so we're going to end with numbers at, at this point, And we're going to jump into the book of Mark. And we are back. And we're going into, uh, into the book of Mark. And we're almost finishing this part, or this book, which we're almost to the cross. We're pretty much journeying to the cross at this point, you know, with the Passion Week. And we go to this, the scene in in Bethany where Jesus was staying at each night after each day of, of the Passion Week that we, we talk about. And, you know, the Passover is only two days away and we see the chief priests and the teachers of the law are looking for some way you know, to arrest Jesus and kill him, but they said, you know, not during the feast or the people may riot. And look at the hypocrisy. Like I was actually looking into that and it was like, look at their hypocrisy. They didn't want to kill Jesus during a, a feast, a sacred feast to keep, you know, people from rioting, but they wanted to kill him anyway. You know, they They were saying it was okay to murder him. And so their hearts was so hardened and they, you know, towards this, towards Jesus, their hearts were hardened to, to the gospel. And we have to be careful that way. If we continue to harden our hearts to the gospel, we could actually allow Satan to work into our hearts to hurt other believers. And so we have to be careful in that area. So, you know, we go into Bethany and there's the, the story of the alabaster jar. And I was, when I did the alabaster jar podcast, you know, I was talking about, you know, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Because this woman, her faith to break open this alabaster jar, which is, it was pretty expensive. And this was pretty expensive, expensive perfume or nard. And generally, these alabaster jars, people would have them and would not open them. It wasn't like women who, you know, today, you know, we have our body sprays and, you know, we spray our body and men have cologne. This alabaster jar with the perfume was generally sealed and saved for a burial. That's why Jesus talks about the she she's anointing him for his burial and so she's taking her alabaster jar which was probably not it was a lot of money that back then that was supposed to be used for her or maybe somebody in her family we don't know and you all know, uses it on jesus and people go you know they were you know really mad about it his disciples mainly probably Judas, and saying, you know, this could have been used for the poor, this could have been sold and given to the poor, and Jesus's attitude was, you know, you're always going to have the poor, but you're not going to always have me here, and he was, you know, pointing to, yes, he was going to be ascended, it doesn't mean that, you know, he's never going to come back, you know, Jesus is coming back, but this woman, her act of faith you know, was going to be remembered as the gospel goes, you know, is, is being preached throughout the world. What she has done is going to be told in memory of her. And I remember in the book of Matthew, it's, you know, in in that podcast, I was talking about what do you want to be remembered for when you die? You know, what do you want to be remembered for? You know, Do you want to be remembered for, you know, the material things you did? Or do you want to be remembered for the kingdom things that the Lord used you through? And so that's kind of a a rehash of what happened, you know. And what I want to say is just continually think about, you know, what do you want to be remembered for when you die? And to give, give with all your heart. You know, and it's so hard because we are so materialistic and thinking, you know, our worth is based on our bank account. Our worth is based on just so many other things. And it's like, you know, our worth is is in God's eyes, you know, and who we are in him. And this is where we see that Judas Iscariot, he goes in pretty much. Decides he's going to betray Christ. And he betrays him for 30 pieces of silver. And it's you know. it Fulfills Zechariah. Chapter 11 verses 12 through 13. That that prophecy. And so he's watching for this moment. You know to to betray him. And then we get into the Lord's Supper. This is a new covenant. This is an you know it replaces passover which we've talked about passover through our study and in, in the old testament passover was done in 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 jewish homes so they're in a jewish home jesus i think they had passover but what ended up happening was he broke the bread and drank the wine and the bread represents his body the the wine represents his blood now today we generally use juice and that's what we do we use juice in our in our congregation and it represents and we're to do that as a remembrance and we will do that until jesus comes back because he says in there that that at at one point he talks about, you know, he talks about. Uh, he says, "In there, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God." And it's, it's pointing to when the church is presented to Christ as his, as bride, as his bride, which is the marriage supper of the lamb. And that is what it's pointing to. So, we continue to you know, honor this. And once a month now, like right now, not a lot of people are doing communion just because of the whole, when this is recorded coronavirus, but you can do your own communion at home. You don't have to do it. I just challenged people. And I just felt like that, like the, you know, the Lord was just kind of poking at, at me that, you know, communion should be taken at home anyway, even if you know the church can't do it right now because of coronavirus. You can still do it in your own home because you can drink out of your own cup and you can drink or eat from your own bread and to remember Christ. And so it's a it's a continual ordination. We call it an, well, not ordination, but um, we it it's. It's, it's something that we do continually all the time until Jesus comes back. Then we don't have to do it anymore. And so, you know, it's there. There's that. And he does talk about, I kind of went past the the betrayal. You know, he's Mark is short about it, about, you know, I tell the truth. One of you will betray me. One who's eating with me. And he doesn't but he does that before and so you know it's it, it it's something that ended up happening. He's talking about the betrayer that he you know, that he was there with him, but we also go into this communion and it's established now that instead of Passover. Then they do, it says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And I, I was kind of reading some other um, study Bibles. And during that time, during Passover, they would actually um, sing hymns or, or songs from Psalms chapter 113 through chapter 118. Uh And Psalms 113 and 114 were actually sung during the Passover at the, at the close of the meal. And then everything else was done later. And then they go to the Mount of Olives, which were, which was Christ's favorite place to pray. It was his special place to pray. And I think it was there. He was going there to prepare himself for what was going to come. Yeah, because we're, we're on this journey to the cross, and so we're going to continue on with the journey to the cross, you know, for the next podcast, uh, it's, it's kind of going to slow down a little bit, because we're breaking it apart into pieces, but we're almost done with the book of Mark, because it kind of just, it goes by really quick, because Mark was more action-oriented, he was focused on, um, you know, on Gentiles, and so, And so we'll end on that note. So for, for the next podcast, we're going to read Numbers chapter 22, verse one through chapter 23, verse 26. And then we're, we're going to read Psalm 37 verses 30 through 36. And then Proverbs six, chapter six, verses 28 through 29. And then Mark chapter 14, verses 27 through 42. And I'm just going to end in a prayer. And I just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for for the journey that you took to the cross, Lord God. That you did come as flesh and blood. Lord, that you healed our sick. Lord, and raised the dead. And that you preached the kingdom of God. And then, Lord, you went to the cross. You became sin so... And and bore our burdens, our shame to the cross, Lord God, so that Lord we could be reconciled, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for cleansing our sins, making us new, Lord. I pray that you would continually work in our hearts, that we would have an increase in faith, and that guide and direct us in your will and your way today, Lord. We just thank you for all that you're doing, continue to do, and, and glorify you and magnify you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, you guys.